Hello, this is Editing Julia. I just wanted to give a couple um, notes here before we get into the episode. Um, if you're wondering at the beginning, wow, Fern is really quiet in this one. Um, as I mentioned, um, it is just me and our guest Camilla. Fern is is uh, was unavailable for this one. So they're not just sitting uh, silently for two hours. <laughs> they're just not here. So I thought I would um, put that in here at the beginning as to not confuse anyone. Um, I also wanted to say uh, we had a really fun big conversation about Padme in general. So there should be timestamps in the either in your podcast app or in the description. If you want to jump around to the parts where we're specifically talking about the novel, you can do that. Um, but in general, it's just a big long conversation about Padme, about this trilogy and about Queen's Hope. So um, have have fun and thanks so much for listening. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Star Wars English Class. This is another special episode, Star Wars Book Report, and it's very special because today we have a guest. We have our first guest ever on the on the podcast, Camilla, um, who you probably know from one of her many projects, uh, whether that's at Barika Wookie on TikTok or Beings of the Galaxy. I said I was going to let you introduce yourself, and now I'm just doing it for you. But um, I realize now the way I have this set up on my outline doesn't make sense. Camilla, how about you just introduce yourself now and then I can do all my boring housekeeping stuff. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, hello, everyone. Um, like Julia said, my name is Camilla. You can find me on TikTok um, at Bodhi where I primarily make content about Padme, of course, Women of the Galaxy, and most recently Bridgerton. Um, in the Batman. So some non-Star Wars content there as well. And then you can also find me, um, my Star Wars narrative podcast. It's called Beings of the Galaxy, like Julia said. Um, it's a it's a narrative podcast, an anthology where each episode tells the story of different beings of the galaxy and how they are the heroes of their own stories. So you can listen to that wherever pods are cast. And also you can follow us on Instagram at beings of the galaxy pod. That's me. And I guess I was thinking about this earlier. I was like, I feel like I should introduce myself. So we're talking about Padman and the handmaidens. Yeah. I'm like, what is my, what would my handmaiden name be? And then I want to know like what yours would be too. Oh, that's a really great question. So like, it's, I feel like you would be like, oh, is your name Julie? And be like, no, it's Julie. <laughs> <laughs> like trying to like make it make it fit um but that's the only yeah. thing i think of you're like going off my actual name um that's the only thing i could think of i don't like that at all i don't like how it sounds julie julie we could we could work with it yeah Ju Jue or something no julie yeah yeah um i feel like mine would be kame i see kame makes sense kame or kame yeah. probably yeah. kame i feel like yeah but yeah, I mean that's can, that works for me. I don't think there's not a C one, is there? I don't think um, there's a C one. Corday. Corday. There is well, yeah, of course it RAP, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's okay. I can take a place. I, my hands are your Just call me Corday over here. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry. Um, that's great. I yeah, I haven't thought about that. It's it's crazy how like that became a whole well we'll get into that like all the things that get explored like in the in the trilogy that we're going to be discussing oh by the way we're probably talking about what this episode is about this is a star wars book report episode about queen's hope by ek johnson which is the uh third book in the sort of queen's trilogy about padme the young adult novel uh trilogy um which is coming out on april 5th which is right this should be out on that day or maybe the day after so that's what we're going to be discussing um but yes there's so many things in the books that get like the origin story of and getting to see like those names and where they came from was really fun. Um, anything else you want to tell us about yourself in terms of like, we'll talk, I'll ask you about your history with Padme 
in a little bit. Anything else about you? Obviously, Fern and I are both teachers, but um, your like your history with storytelling interest with like literature, Star Wars, anything along those lines you want to explore or discuss? Yeah, absolutely. Well, first off, I love Star Wars English classes. I remember when y'all introduced that you were doing this podcast because I was an English major in college and to be able and like not while I was in college because I'm a relatively newer Star Wars fan. Mm. Um, but now when I look back, I'm like, man, I wish I could have taken like a Star Wars English class. Yeah. And here it is right here. This here it phenomenal is. podcast. Um, so yeah, but uh in terms of like English major and in literature and that life, I'm a I'm a, a a writer. So storytelling is my bread and butter. It's what I love um most in this life, writing, telling stories. Um and Star Wars has some really, really great stories and storytelling and, and the stories that they tell are the things that I love the most uh, when I'm looking for stories to read and just enjoy. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Star Wars is some of the best storytelling out there and I can't wait to see the best. But what's the, the best is yet to come. Is best is, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And the storytelling yeah. in the books too, because I mm-hmm. recently got, I got into the books 2021. 20, I like dedicated that year to reading as many, uh, all the canon books as I could. And yeah, the storytelling of the books, phenomenal, excellent. Mm. Everybody should, if you are able to, um, to read some of those books because they're 10 out of 10 would recommend. Yeah, and I would say that this trilogy specifically is is one that a lot of people get into the books with. Like if you mm-hmm. like Padme and you want to read more about her or it's you know frequently recommended by people, um, you know, because they're YA, um, it's not that they're not they're they're very accessible and there's yeah. a excitement in getting to sort of dive deeper into the a character that, you know, doesn't get as much um, depth necessarily otherwise as, as we would have gotten. So that's what we're going to be discussing today. Um, structure wise, this is going to be structured similarly to the episode Fern and I did on the fallen star. So we're going to have a part one. We're going to talk generally about this trilogy, about Padme, uh, about sort of her characterization, her, her journey, and then give you kind of our spoiler free take on Queen's Hope. And then after the after the break, we will jump into actually getting into detail, really digging into the text of this uh, of this novel. So you can have the first half that you can listen to before you read the book, second half, come back once you've read it and sort of listen to our spoiler talk. So that's how we're going to structure it. Um, Announcement wise, uh, before we get started, uh, Fern and I will be back with season two coming soon. I believe our like one year anniversary is April 18th, which is a Monday, which is great because that's when we release episodes usually. Um, And our first episode is going to be a character study on Obi-Wan Kenobi. So like a full Obi-Wan Kenobi breakdown as if we were given the assignment to explore his character, um, which we've already been doing our whole lives. So that will be our season two premiere. And then uh, we'll, we'll go on from there. Uh, as always, please write and review on your podcast app. That would be really, really nice uh, if you did that. And season two is coming soon. I think that's all my announcements. Um, but yeah, so I want to start off with, you know, I think of what I, when I think of like Padme, I do think of you, Camilla. Um, the, the connection is in my brain. Like, I'm like, oh, yes. Really? Uh, Camilla. Yeah. So like, I, I, so wanted honored. To, yeah, I wanted to ask you before we even specifically talk about these books, um, your sort of personal history of the character, cause I know you said you're a newer Star Wars fan. So like, was she immediately your favorite or like, what is your history with sort of your closeness or your fondness for Padme? Yeah. So 
I guess so the first Star Wars movie that I can remember seeing, I don't know if I saw any before this, but the one I distinctly remember was I did see Attack of the Clones in theaters back in the day because we went to the theater and my mom was like, let's just go see this movie. So we just waltzed in sure. and the uh, I was immediately in love with the romance of that movie. Mm-hmm. Absolutely in love with Anakin and Padme and like always just generally knew about Padme and she's like this awesome queen at such a mm-hmm. young age. She's like, oh my gosh, she's so cool. I want to be like her when I grow up, but I like know nothing about her really. Um, and then fast forward to when I um, when I was reading the books, when I started, like I got into Clone Wars and during quarantine and then started getting into the books and um, Clone Wars does a lot for Padme's character, mm-hmm. fell in love with her there. My favorite Clone Wars arc is the is Padme's Pursuit of Peace. Mm-hmm. Heroes on both side, banking deregulation arc. Um, and then the books like it was the books that really mm-hmm. clicked in um, Queen's Pearl and Queen's Shadow, where I was like, Oh my gosh, I am obsessed with this character. I love her so much. She is such an optimist and she's so hopeful and just not like that is just naturally who she mm-hmm. is. And, and I really connected with that because that's, I, I am naturally an optimist and, mm-hmm. and an idealist. And so I see myself in her, but I also am inspired by her and know that like, Yes, I'm an optimist, but Padme is like a next level idealist <laughs> optimist. And as I like started digging into her story and everything that she was doing to try and fight for what's right in the midst of um, everything going on in the galaxy, there were like a lot of things happening in the world mm-hmm. um, that that, yeah, her hopeful and fiery spirit to fight for what's right always is like an inspiration for me, especially during that time. Um, and then, yeah, and then digging more to her story, digging more, I always like my favorite characters in star Wars are always the women of star Wars. And so Mm. learning more about her handmaidens and their relationship and their sisterhood. I feel like, um, I talk with, uh, Meigs, uh, a friend of ours on TikTok, fangirl Meigs, um, for listeners on TikTok, often about the lack of female friendship Mm. and sisterhood stories that you see, um, not just in star Wars, but just in general. So, and that's something that like the queen's trilogy um, focuses on in terms of like the handmaidens, mm-hmm. Abe and Padme and all of their relationships. So I, I, yeah, I loved seeing a lot of things that I wish that I had growing up, getting to see them in these books really meant sure. a lot to me. And, and Padme, she's just, I mean, she's perfect. So who doesn't love Padme? Exactly. Red, exactly. Red flag if you don't like that. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think, cause I, I've really enjoyed this trilogy, but I think if I had had them when I was 15 it would have been obsessed with them Uh like just thinking about how much more important it is to not more important but how important it is to have this type of storytelling for you when you're younger that sort of allows time to explore like you said like sisterhood and then also like there's romantic relationships between the girls like just seeing girls and young women like there are there men around sometimes but like just existing as characters and like all the different ways that those relationships take place and um I also just would have been obsessed with them because it's exactly the type of book I was reading at that age so I feel um jealous of of younger people who get to have these amazing Star Wars books coming out um and all sorts of other sort of young adult novels but um I agree that you don't get a lot of like I'm trying to think of other examples of like 
women getting to hang out, not hang out, do things together um, in Star Wars. And like, not very often, like I'm thinking Padme and Satine get one episode together in the Clone Wars. Um, there's that one episode of Rebels where Hera and Sabine go to mm-hmm. like deal with the whatever on you know what i'm talking about like yeah it's just not common and so mm. that takes away a lot of opportunities and so even just like having all these young women together gives you opportunities for types of stories that you just don't get to tell if you don't have them in the same room together yeah. um, like it seems like it's that's unfortunately that's the bar <laughs> quite often it's like getting two women in the same room together to do something that's not about um you know their boyfriend or their partner or whatever and like um that's why i really like that episode of the clone wars because it's has nothing to do with Anakin or Obi-Wan. Like it, they're just, they're doing their jobs. And I really appreciate that. Yeah. Agreed. I, yeah, I also really love that. I really love that episode because the two of them are getting it done and um, just like getting it. I, I love, I love when women in star Wars, just like men are trying to stop them and they just get it done um, without the men in the room and the men don't need to be there. And yeah, that is like the epitome of that. And then, but no, I, I, I hope as we get more Star Wars stories that we see more stories of sisterhood. We like kind of got it in with the Martez sisters, our mm-hmm. literal sisters got a taste of it with um, Hera and Omega and Bad Batch and, yeah. and, and yeah. kind of, I don't know. I'm thinking about like in Resistance. Mm. Not as much in resistance, but yeah, even in the books, you're, but you're right. It is like often when women are together, it's not um, women together doing things awesome together. It's like in service for the male's goal. Yeah. It's like the idea of, are you a woman? Do you get a friend? No, (laughs) you don't get to have friends. That's not allowed. Right. Right. Um, You're going to get a love interest. Who's going to die. That's what's going to happen. You get your love interest who will like leave you or you can't be together or he's gonna die and like it's just mm. but like yeah getting to see complicated a complicated series of relationships between women in these books is probably one of the highlights um or is one of the highlights for me um because that's not something you see you see lots of places and this actually i think transitioned well into something i wanted to talk about which is that you know a lot of what you're mentioning in terms of like what the clone wars did for her character what these books do for her character is the way she's originally presented to us in the prequel trilogy and the way she's sort of presented by omission in the original trilogy, it's not really Padme in that time period, right? It's just vague mother figure. So um, I guess if you had to like put your finger on or describe, because you said you're a writer, like what are the problems with, I say problems with how she's written, what are some things that seem like okay, if you had to go in and, and change it, like what would you dif- do differently? Or what are some things that strike you as like, mm, yeah, I, this could have been better. Yeah, I think the main the main one is is how she is in Revenge of the Sith. Mm-hmm. Um, there are two that I specifically want to talk about. The first is Revenge of the Sith and the second is After the Tuscans. Um, um, after the Tuscans Massacre and Attack of the Clones. But mm-hmm. first talking about Revenge of the Sith is... Um, it's so when we first get introduced to Padme and the Phantom Menace, you could make an argument that like compared to Leia in the original trilogy, Padme is a main character in the Phantom oh, yeah. Menace in a way that Leia definitely isn't. And, 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 um, and so I think that then when you see the way, cause I said, cause I think Leia and Padme both um, in their third films are kind of pushed to the mm. side 
Um, but I think we feel it so much stronger. We feel that push far stronger with Padme because she was so active in the Phantom Menace and like came out on such a strong start. Um, and then, and then she's still like pretty active in attack the clones, but there are other things involved in there that like us into the world of revenge of the Sith. And then in revenge of the Sith, it's things are happening to Padme mm-hmm. rather than Padme actively doing things to make things happen. Yeah. Um, so it's like she, yes. I mean, everything I just, I was like, do I point out examples? Uh, just look at the entire movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Like you're saying in terms of, because I'm thinking a lot about how like a lot of our rules or understanding of like what's good writing, what's bad writing, whatever nonsense. It like you do the best you can. There are certain formulas that work sometimes. Like there are certain things that can help you sort of create a story, but like whatever. So like all that in mind, it seems like agency wise, it's a removal of agency without any like commentary or like in world Mm. discussion explanation exploration of that loss of agency Mm -hmm. right like it's there's nothing inherently wrong with having a character become passive in a way but there's no reflection on like where that passivity is coming from a lot of it seems to be coming from the fact that like if it's girl with a gun child with a blaster padme from a phantom menace in this movie in revenge of the sith there is no darth vader (laughs) she stops it like yeah. you know what i mean like you've created a character who is so powerful and so empathetic and like willing to do the right thing that like there's no way the events that have to happen in this movie happen uh or that's one way at least of framing it and so mm-hmm. for the sake of sort of the plot you could very clearly make the argument for the sake of the plot her character has to change and the way she changes is by being less of the way we foresee her which is so good that like it's really really frustrating um because again you could make and this is something we'll get to too where a lot of writers then have to deal with like okay we have this woman in this third movie who is so different like you said things are happening to her how do we explain this how do we justify this how do we build this characterization and you can come up with some really interesting stuff there but it's not easy to do that when you've been Mm -hmm. handed this sort of character development where it's like um hello like like yeah. what is happening here um yeah. and so but yes i, I yeah you said you had two examples um brunch of the sith the whole movie um <laughs> and so then the, the scene after the tuscan massacre um but yeah, the whole movie Revenge of the Sith, it's just like she's pregnant and sad. And I'm just right. like, I, it's, you know, knowing the type of Padme we see otherwise, it's like, I, if this is what you were going to do, George, tell us why. <laughs> like, right. tell us why. Like, give us yeah. an explanation. And um, I guess that's how I feel about it. But yeah, please, please go on in terms of specifics that you want to touch on. Um, I mean, yeah, I love what you said about, about like, yeah, just tell us why she is the way that she is in, in Revenge of the Sith, because it, 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 I, it, I feel like it comes down to sometimes when you, when, when a writer doesn't give us the why, especially with things that happen to Padme in yeah. terms of her relationship with Anakin and how violent it becomes that then it's like with things like that, I, I, I wish we had more of a concrete reason as to yes. why, because then it, it minimizes theorizing from fans that could then become problematic. Absolutely. Um, so I think it's like important to, yeah, be very clear at why she looks, cause, cause the way that it is, is it, it feels like the reasoning is like, Oh, she is pregnant. Thus she can't be God forbid a woman who's pregnant be as like, 
powerful yeah. as she is in the Phantom Menace, which is like in and of itself Ugh. problematic. Um, yeah. because it 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 just it just pushes the idea of like, oh, once you are entering into a stage of motherhood, like you can't be that fierce um fighter that you are yeah. in the previous movies when like that's not the case and and i mean we see that and leia being a mother is what yeah helped save the galaxy with her for um, sure and it's and like well she's son. busy she's busy giving birth to the plot of the original trilogy she can't do anything else <laughs> like i Literally. and she's it's very important that she has these babies and like oh man we'll get to it i could talk about representation of the motherhood in star wars for forever because where is <laughs> <laughs> truly but like literally yeah but you like, don't get to be a mom like no. I, where's that funky looking jason sandula is he okay <laughs> i hope he's okay i'm worried yeah. because he exists i'm worried for his mother um because that's dangerous oh, no. territory now You're like so is she okay right. and we know she's fine but like i didn't really realize all the problems with padme i'm being completely honest until i was older because in my mind it was all obi-wan all the time um yeah that's just how my brain worked. Um, but yes, you also mentioned the Tuscans in Attack of the Clones, um, which is obviously one of those moments where it's like, hey, George, again, <laughs> hey, this look, I understand he needs to like have a moment. This was a this was quite the moment you chose. Uh, yeah. I, look, I love I love George Lucas. This one exists without him. I just like lightly making fun of some of these situations um, because it makes me feel better. It's it's a problematic scene in many ways. Yeah, and I and I have wrestled with it so many times on about this scene that make me so sad in terms of Padme's character because I think this is the the reason why Padme I think gets ridiculed and hated on so much is born out of this scene and the way that like this scene is written. Um, it's misogyny fuel. It's it's ex- fuel. If you don't like your character, if you want to blame a woman, if you want to yep. play the game. The, the you know popular star wars game blame a woman um famous as as seen on bo-katan crease as seen yep. on crease as seen on uh, literally all of the women they've all been on this game show called blame a woman um <laughs> if you want to play that game with padme this is the scene that's a really great tiktok idea actually now that i'm thinking about it <laughs> can you please do that play hello next up on blame a woman Hi, look on blame a woman <laughs> The capital city of Sundari was bombed by the Empire. Should you A, blame the Empire? B, recognize the complex series of political uh, actions that led to this destructive act? Or C, blame a woman? And then it cuts to me as a dude bro going, um, I mean, like, Sabine should have definitely, uh, looks like you've chosen C, blame a woman. Too bad. You're wrong. That's my, that's my new TikTok oh my idea. Gosh. That's um, brilliant. You know, with literally every single woman, every in, woman Star Wars. in Star Wars, we could play blame, blame a woman. But yes, the Tuscans. Um, that's a whole other. That's a whole other conversation. Fern and I definitely want to do a like uh, racial coding uh, episode. Mm. Doctor C on TikTok is someone we're talking to specifically about doing something yes. on that. So we would. Uh, we're, we're hoping to get him on to talk about it. It's just about scheduling. But um, yes, I I. <laughs> I do my best to try and help people understand. And, and, and I know EK Johnson has talked about it also mm-hmm. on, on TikTok about like Padme's headspace in the scene and why she makes the choice to do, because for me personally, the choice is like, they just make sense. And again, mm-hmm. this comes back to me being the idealist that I am. And also very much like 
relating to Padme and like stages that she's at in her life mm-hmm. at the point of this movie. Um, and so, but that doesn't excuse that there's just something that naturally women when we're writing think differently about female characters and we'll think mm-hmm. often about um, how is this going to be perceived and how will this like look down the line? Mm-hmm. And was that taken into account here in writing this scene? I'm not going to presume because I do not live in George Lucas's head. Um, but I don't, I, I would go on, on to say, I don't think so. <laughs> because yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's like, as a, as a woman, if you're writing this scene um, and you have Anakin do what he's doing, you just are going, yeah. That's why the, like the lack of agency in the third movie and then this scene I think are the two biggest things to point to in terms of Padme's character because they are often used also to mm-hmm. in your in your wonderful game of let's blame a woman. Yeah, blame a woman. They're they're the points that people some uh, point to um in that moment like what can she do about that and sort of thinking right. if you're Padme and you believe in restorative justice, you believe that people can change for the better, you're an idealist like she's not going to be like <laughs> FBI. Like, you know what I mean? That's, that's not the type of character she is. It's, it's yeah. just, this is such a drastic scene that it is jarring. And it's something that again, had more thought been put into, like you said about women are, are more used to thinking about our reputation in terms of like how society is going to view our pro like our mistakes, right. So mm-hmm. being to a microscope. So as a woman writing this, you're, you're likely more than likely going to have a different perspective in terms of, well, she's probably gonna be thinking about the perception of this, right? And that's something we get in the Queens trilogy. We get to see like news articles, we get to see the actual wider repercussions of Padme's actions and how they get twisted in this mm-hmm. sort of misogynistic way, which is which is great because that's something that would happen realistically. If you don't think about those, then you're ending up in a situation where this like beacon of truth and virtue was like oh it's okay that you murdered all those people and you're like oh wait how did we end up here yeah exactly exactly and i and i think i think it was nidra i believe on tiktok who brought this up um nidra loves cosplay mm-hmm. um username um for the for the listeners um that that why like why is it padme's responsibility to why didn't anakin like report what what he did why didn't anakin go to he knows what he did is wrong exactly expresses guilt right right exactly and that's and that's the other thing there's like there's also a fundamental i think misreading of the scene often um Mm -hmm. that that um if you watch the scene and actually like watch it and not just like go off of memory it's clear there are clear shifts in anakin throughout the scene that i think then like clue padme into making the choice that she makes yeah and the decision that she does to say what she says um, but there's, I know a lot of people will be like, Pat, Anakin isn't like remorse, doesn't show remorse what he does. He's like, he clearly does. He yeah. breaks down. He's very upset about it. Um, and, mm. and wrestles with it emotionally in Queen's Hope, which we'll talk about it. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, but yeah, all that to say why, again, it comes down to why is it Padme's responsibility to yeah. like, she's not part of the Jedi Council. She's not a Padawan, like, mm-hmm. She's also not from Tatooine. She doesn't have a existing understanding and relationship of this culture. Mm-hmm. Anakin does. Like these would be people. Like this is a. What are people from Tatooine called? 
Tatooinis? That doesn't sound right. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't know, like, Tatooine dwellers? Tatoonians. Oh. I don't know. Point being that, like, I've been thinking a lot about recently of like the actual culture of Tatooine um, because we spend so much time there and I don't care. I like it. It's the same thing with the Clone Wars. If we could have every day, minute, hour of the Clone Wars, uh, you know, in in some sort of story and I'd be happy with that. But like thinking about that scene and like he probably grew up hearing stories about the Tuscans, probably prejudice stories, not from Shmi because that's not the type of woman she is, but like that's in the culture, right? And so an exploration of that sort of story would be so interesting, but he's the one with that responsibility. He's the one who would understand the history and treatment of those people. And especially considering we know Anakin is empathetic about people who are oppressed and mistreated, getting to see the level of guilt there, it makes a lot of sense, but this is all stuff I'm doing in my head, right? Like this is not happening in the scene. You can see his guilt for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, now I'm just writing fan fiction. Obviously then there's development of this character beyond the, the prequels. Um, we mentioned briefly about the original trilogy. I sent you a picture, uh, a fan art the other day of um, Luke saying, I have no memory of my mother. And then, and then it's like a drawing. It's a really beautiful drawing of Padme after giving birth being like, oh, Luke. And I was just like, ow. Um, <laughs> like, yeah. I guess thinking about the reverse engineering of like, oh, well, they need a mom. And then we get here. And then from there, we've sort of grown into this character she gets a little bit more characterization in things like the clone wars but um let's jump into you know just for the sake of staying on track here because i i tend to wander in my brain um this trilogy of books we'll talk about queen sub specifically here that give us a look into not just padme but um her handmaidens about naboo about being queen about being a senator um how would you describe, like, what are these books about? Like, what's, what's the deal? What's the vibe? What's the story? Yeah, I think, I think headline it's, um, it's about, yeah, it's about, I'm not going to say women because it's not about women because it's the women is not the word that EK Johnson used throughout the trilogy. She often, she calls each of these characters girls, um, which I love her use of the word girl because, Mm -hmm. Um, it just emphasizes that these are younger women. These are girls who are doing incredibly powerful, big galaxy shaping mm-hmm. things that you don't often see girls doing in stories. Right. And so I guess overarching two, two themes, two headlines, I would, I would summarize, I used to summarize the trilogy is we have, um, I would say sisterhood, um, uh, mm-hmm. story of sisterhood and um girls getting it done because that is truly just time and time again it's girls getting it done and the and there are so many times especially in in, in like queen's hope uh where these girls are doing things and palpatine is like they weren't Mm. supposed to do that they were supposed (laughs) to do something else and they did it and now i have to backtrack and you don't and i love i love that so every time i see palpatine getting plans getting foiled by women i'm just like men don't foil his plans. Like women are the ones constantly surprising him. Mm -hmm. And I live for that. Um, Cause it's not like, it's not just Padme who does Mm -hmm. that. Like Satine does that. Um, We see somebody do that. And I'm not going to say yet because I don't want to say spoilers. We see that happen in Queen's Hope. I mean, in Clone Wars, Mina Monteri gets murdered for trying to do that. Mon Mothma um, is sort of targeted. Like he, 
is as Palpatine is taking out enemies, taking out people he needs out of the way to complete his dastardly plan. Like there's a reason he's obsessed with Mandalore for obviously, you know, strategic reasons, but Satine's refusal to engage in the Clone Wars is like, you can't not play my game. This is my game. You have to play my game. Right. And so, and Padme does the same thing where she is not playing his games. Like her approach to the Clone Wars is refusing to, like you said about her going to the separatists, like talking with them. We're like, absolutely. Palpatine doesn't want that happening. And so, yeah, Mm -hmm. these books go into other, other examples of like, you see, I really like the little scenes throughout the trilogy where Palpatine is is just being just his inner monologue. He's just like evil. He's like so delicious. Um, but yeah, he's constantly being foiled because these girls are playing their own game. Like they're, yeah. it's it's just really well done. Yeah, I I agree hundred percent. It's really very fun to see um, Palpatine get get foiled. Um, it's it's delicious. It's I want to see more of it. Well, actually, I don't. He should stay dead. But like, if they ever go pa- back to like any more stories, I do like when he has to go. Darn, I just I think it's so fun. Yeah, because he's like, I love I love doing this, and then like they surprise me, and now I have to like readjust, and it's okay. Like I'll figure it out, and obviously he does because you know like the empire happens um but it takes longer to have the empire takes longer to happen because there were so many women standing Mm -hmm. in palpatine's way to getting to what he wanted and it's like because service is tragedy it happens and he gets what he wants but um that's not to say that there weren't a ton of women yeah every single time padme goes to talk to palpatine about something i'm like don't talk to him just talk to like talk to bail and mon mothman that's because there are so many things like the Clone Wars would have been ended and things could have, if Padme had never gone and talked to Palpatine after ever. the, yeah. Um, yeah, ever. And, and there's, I mean, kind of talking about that too. There's, uh, I was thinking about this when I was rereading Queen Shadow because so um, like moving into like book specifically, mm-hmm. so Queen Shadow being the first one that was published um, and, and the first one that E.K. Johnson wrote um, there's something to be said about the fact that it's like Queen Shadow and the fact that um, pa- like Sabe being the shadow, the Queen Shadow. Mm-hmm. But I do think that there's something interesting to explore in terms of like, what if Padme had become Palpatine's shadow? Because she yeah, talks yeah, yeah. about Palpatine being a mentor figure. Mm-hmm. And, and there's a there's a scene that I love in Queen Shadow that just, again, emphasizes to me that Padme is more of a Jedi than some of the Jedi actually mm-hmm. are. And it's after Palpatine stops her, I believe from um, getting involved in, in, in one of the um, getting involved in a, in a bill to stop slavery. Mm-hmm. And the way that it's written is that Padme lets herself have a moment of righteous anger. Mm-hmm. And then she lets it pass. She's like, I'm yeah. going to feel this. I'm really upset. Now I'm going to let this pass mm-hmm. and go do work. And I'm like, why have I never seen any Jedi doing that? Like, yeah. what? Are you kidding right. me? They're either like, let's not feel anything or let me just be really, really, really like emotional and angry. Um, yeah. That's how it's and- supposed to be, right? Like you're supposed to be able to, that's what d- detachment is. It's not not having emotions. It's doing what Padme does there and be like, wow, I am rightfully angry, but this anger, this emotion, it's not productive. It's not good for me. It's not going to help anyone. I'm going to let myself feel it then I'm going to let it go and like actually try to achieve my goals here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. So, so yeah, so I love in like Queen Shadow because Queen Shadow, we talked a little bit about it in terms of that book being uh, about Padme's first, uh, her entrance into the Senate and and her start as a Senator and how she's perceived as being this just like mm-hmm. really pretty girl with a bunch of like big dresses. And she's yeah. like an airhead and was this queen who got um, Chancellor Valorum unseated because of her world. And she doesn't like actually care about the galaxy. She just cares about Naboo and mm-hmm. seeing and, and seeing that like, how that's that's the transition into what we're getting into queen's hope um um now looking back at it queen shadow after like the way that queen's hope things the choices that have made she's made to get to queen's hope Mm -hmm. we'll talk about it more because we'll talk about it fritzing my brain right now um that i loved but um but yeah, I feel like Queen Shadow is definitely more of like a Padme Sabe story versus Queen's mm-hmm. Peril is like our, we start really getting into our sisterhood. Yeah, yeah. Story. Queen's Shadow. I'm just thinking about now. Like I'm, I'm like, of course, <laughs> of course, this is what it's about. Queen's Shadow is about taking Padme seriously, like meta, meta textually. That's a brilliant move to make as your first really sort of in-depth exploration mm, of this character is yes. to write a story about taking Padme seriously. We're like, oh. in the universe, she's not being taken seriously. Yep. She's the queen of Naboo who like lucked into this sort of level of power and like all of the like tabloids, the hollow net, um, little stories that are written throughout that book that are like, hmm, she doesn't know what she's doing. And then slowly this sort of earns the respect. Um, and you get to see her like methodically, like I know some people might not like Queen Shadow because it's like, what council should I be on? And like, how will I best achieve my goals? But like, I thought it was really fun to be like, Ooh, mm. the Senate, like how it works. Yeah. Um, and like seeing like, she ends up choosing more like a fail or Ghana figure as a mentor, as opposed to Chancellor Palpatine. And like, obviously thank God, <laughs> yeah. um, that would be bad. We could not handle Emperor Padme. We would still be, it would go on forever. Right. Her yeah. reign would be endless. Um, but seeing that sort of intensity and like, how hard she works. It's like mm-hmm. Senate school and she takes it very seriously. And she's very concerned about her reputation, her, how the world views her. And that's where that Sabe sort of duality, having this shadow, this makeup, this performance that creates this new version of herself to present to the galaxy. And like you said, thinking about Queen Soap, this idea that there are two Padmes and like mm-hmm. Queen Soap is the culmination of these two Padmes in many ways. Like, can they be reconciled? How do we sort of reconcile them if if they can be? Um, a Queen's Peril is probably my favorite because again, Obi-Wan's in that one. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think Obi-Wan is is in like mentioned in all of them, but Obi-Wan is actually a character in Queen's Peril. Right. So I'm right. a I'm a bad I'm a bad woman in many ways in that I do <laughs> more than everyone else. You no are nothing if not consistent, Julia. Yeah, that is I just, what we could ask. Like for. which which of the books about these like amazing girls is your favorite? I'm like the one with the man. <laughs> I'm so hey, sorry. You're fine. I'm so I mean, sorry. Somebody was asking. Yeah, so Queen's Barrel takes place before and during and after the Phantom Menace. It's like a backdoor Phantom Menace book. And it's from the point of view of like the people of Naboo and like the handmaidens of Naboo. And like, man, it's intense. Like you get to see the level of suffering that the people went through and like the handmaidens specifically, um, as in like an occupied planet. And Mm -hmm. um, I call that book. Panaka assembles the girl boss Avengers. <laughs> yes. Because he literally, he literally goes around and Naboo and is like, hi, have you heard about the girl boss initiative? <laughs> and like, and it like finds all these young girls who are like, it's not just because like, so there are some that look 
look like, like Sabe specifically looks like Padme. They're, you know, identical. Um, but the others and have these like specific skills that they're being sort of um, uh, recruited there for. There was an idea. To like literally, they're the girl boss Avengers. Kanaka is going around Naboo being like, you are very technically gifted. Uh, would you be able to uh, X, Y, Z? And like, you have this skill, you have that skill. And like the idea that they're being chosen because of their abilities Mm-hmm. is really important um mm-hmm. and then from there you get to see the relationships that develop um is it uh sasha and yane well who's the two that end up falling in love those two sasha sasha and yane. And yane. so like they yeah. like you get like a young romance and it's very much like girls at that age like you know they don't know what they're doing and the same thing with their like friendships and like developing bringing a bunch of teenage girls together to like run a planet and not in like a misogynistic way but in a like these are in many ways children but they're also exceptionally gifted and talented like mm-hmm. how do you make those things work together where they're going to like have fights have disagreements have normal emotions but also they're exceptionally sort of talented in 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 this uh in these other ways so like that that's my take on on the on those um i don't have anything smart to say um <laughs> uh i guess that was all very smart julia thank you um have i mentioned that uh <laughs> Okay, the yeah. reason why the reason why so he's in it which i really like but there's also a really really great um reference to satine where like obi-wan yes. being kind of sassy about naboo and being like well this basically saying like it's not important like the situation isn't that big of a deal and qui-gon's like oh well last time blah 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 and he's like oh sorry and sort of it gets, <laughs> gets sort of ch- chastised by him and it's really good um but before as i'm sort of you know we're gonna talk about queen's help here now um no spoilers, but like, even if you're the type of person who doesn't want any discussion, like eat anything at all, um, like probably talking generally about like writing, uh, themes, etc. Um, if you don't want to hear that, you can go, uh, finish reading the book and come back. Um, but we're going to talk about the book generally. I just wanted to say before we got started or ask you, cause it, the thought occurred to me and I can't stop myself where did you see the trilogy going? Like, how were you imagining it to conclude? And like, because I think a problem we have with Star Wars fans is our expectations. And so I think it's good to talk about where we think stories are going and then what we get and like being honest with ourselves in terms of our critique, right? So Mm -hmm. did you have any like big expectations or like when you heard there was going to be a third book, did you have in mind what you thought that would like encompass? I mean, in all honesty, I don't think I had really many expectations going in until we received the Queen's Hope um, uh, uh, excerpt back in. Mm-hmm. We got that, what, October when we thought the book, the book was, was originally out. supposed to come out last November. Um, yeah. And then it got delayed. So we've been waiting for this one for a long time. Yeah. I've been analyzing the crap out of that. Just that, <laughs> that excerpt for like five months. <laughs> Just like, what else can I, I had like a notes yeah. app with so many, just like mm-hmm. notes on this, um, on the excerpt, but, um, cause the excerpt truly, was the first time we were like, oh, it's, they're getting married. Like it was, yeah. a, it was a big bombshell. Big. Yeah. So from there I was like, oh, okay. So we are getting, cause, cause by context, context clues, I was like, what don't we know about Padme? We know her becoming queen. We know, obviously Tiger Clones, we know uh, Phantom Menace and we know, um, Revenge of the Sith. Um, we know Clone Wars as well. So what don't we know? We don't know like getting into the Clone Wars and there's a very short amount of time between the end of um, Attack of the Clones into the Clone Wars because essentially the end of Attack of the Clones is the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so yeah, I, I personally didn't have any expectations. And I think that that really helped in terms of like what you were saying about expectations in general and star Wars fans in terms of writing. So as a writer being on the other side, um, I think that has helped me manage expectations mm-hmm. because I have a better understanding of everything that goes into yes making a story the way that it looks. And one of my least favorite critiques in the world is the, I didn't like it. Thus it was bad yeah. critique, which is just mind boggling to me. You're allowed to not like something, but you like that, that, that in and of mm-hmm. itself isn't good enough to say why something is bad, you know? Um, and so, and, and, and like, I know a lot of people will do the, like, if I could change this, if I could do the sequel trilogy different, this is what I would do. It's like, well, you're not doing it. You don't understand if you, you, if you like truly grasped every, if my mom had wheels, into- she'd be a bus. <laughs> <laughs> oh essentially, but like, but like essentially, yes. Cause it's like it, it, these stories like if you change this one thing, like, I don't think people, cause, cause storytelling is an art form. I think oftentimes we like, don't realize like how technical and like mm-hmm. formulaic sometimes storytelling can be. And, and it requires, it's like, it is truly such a puzzle. And so if you, you want to change um, this thing happening in, in, the last Jedi. Mm-hmm. Well, thus that is going to change everything leading up yeah. to it, which will change everything that comes after it. So it's like, you can't just be like, Oh, I wanted this. This character should have done X because for him to do X, A, B, C, D, E, F, G mm-hmm. needed to happen first. And then to get to X to X, Y, Z. Um, so all of that is back to expectations that has helped me personally in terms of like going in with like tempering expectations. Um, and, and, and and yeah, so it's, it's, I, I definitely feel like I, the thing that I had the most expectations for in terms of star Wars was Disney plus (laughs) day. This is one thing that I've, look, I I tried to tell everyone, I tried to tell them, I tried to warn everyone. No one wanted to hear it. I was being a killjoy. Um, but that's so, that's so true about what you said about like, because I don't like it, it's bad. And I also feel the opposite is true. I I know the Phantom Menace is a tech is a weird movie. What mm-hmm. is there a protagonist? What's happening? You just yeah. kind of hang out in Star Wars for two and a half hours. I love it. I watch it probably. I would say once a week. It just is on. I watch it all the time. I love that movie. Is it a good movie? No, it's not. <laughs> um, uh, I think so. I was thinking recently about how I'm probably going to upset some people here. I didn't see Dune because I'm like I'm sure it's beautiful and perfect and great. I don't. I'm sure it's great. I don't want to I mean, like there are things that are good. The Social Network. Great movie. David Fincher is one of my favorite directors. I hate that movie. I can't watch it. It makes me so upset and so uncomfortable. Out of all the David Fincher movies, you're like, Julia, really? The Social Network is the one you can't watch. I'm like, yes, I something about it. Just like out of all of them, like I'm OK with like murderers and like all of that. I can handle that. I can't handle Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> he stresses me out. You're brought it's, it's a, flip flops. It's too much. It's too much. Like, I know that's a great movie. I've only watched it once because I, but thinking about (laughs) something from my point of view, like it doesn't matter if things are good or not. Like that is the least interesting thing to me, the least interesting thing. Like I'll tell you if I like something or dislike something, but like whether or not something is good, least interesting thing about any text, like Queen's Hope, is it good? I'm like, I don't, I don't, that's not what I'm interested in talking about. Like Mm -hmm. for me with any piece of media, I'm interested in talking about 
the themes, the characters, the whatever it might be. And I think so much of our critique is like, well, it would have been better if we did X or it should have done Y, as opposed to actually talking about the text that we got. And so much of that is, is frustrating and you know, it's natural to want to talk about alternatives. Right. But, um, you know, again, just because I think when we actually talk about the book, there's part of me that's going to want to talk about things I would have like, oh, we could have done X, Y, Z. And I want to avoid doing that Um, because it's, it's an impulse all of us have. I'm just kind Mm -hmm. of ranting. I'm going to have so much fun editing this. I have so much fun (laughs) editing all the time because I just go on little rants and Fern just sits there and I was like, yep. Okay. Um, (laughs) While I, while I talk, but, um, so let's move into uh, Queen's Hope specifically here. Your like overall takeaway thoughts, like I don't want to say like review because that's not really, mm-hmm. like I said, I'm not particularly interested in that, but spoiler-free general thoughts on its own as a conclusion, give us the Camilla, the Camilla take. Here we go. The book made me cry so much. <laughs> um, literally the first page I was reading it and then was realized what was happening in the first page and <laughs> lost it, <laughs> um, which we'll talk about in the spoiler yeah. spoilers. Um, but I thought that in terms of this being standalone versus um, mm. versus uh, final piece in a trilogy, this is definitely this is clearly the final story in a trilogy. Mm-hmm. I don't think, I think you can say, I think Queen's Shadow and Queen's Peril can stand on their own. And, yep. and, and but Queen's Hope doesn't hit yep. unless you've read the other two. Um, because sure. it's a culmination of both. It's a culmination of, um, like you mentioned earlier, which I love the way you put it, that it's like reconciling Padme, the Senator and Padme and Queen, o- Senator Amidala and Queen Amidala. It's like mm-hmm. reconciling the two and like all of the people that have gone into making both Queen, Queen Amidala and Senator Amidala and, um, and then how it's, it's like, it's saying goodbye to, mm-hmm. it's saying goodbye, I think to Queen Amidala and, um, hello to a, new side of Padme that I don't think Padme ever thought possible mm-hmm. that she could be. Yeah. Well, and it's again, cause the excerpts have been out there for months, right? So she, she gets married and like, she gets secret yeah. married. Like yep. it's, it's this, that's sort of the secrecy, secrecy and identity, I would say are like two of the biggest mm-hmm. sort of running themes throughout is like, who am I? And also who knows about that? Like who yeah. is, who am I is in my like community and my circle. And the idea that that changes over time, like as you age, as you grow, your relationships with people change and your identity changes and you take on different roles and to like being a secret wife to a Jedi was like probably not something Padme had planned. Right. And so definitely seeing, not. seeing her try to, in her mind, make sense of that. Mm-hmm. And then other characters as well, making sense of where they are and their journeys yep. and their sense of self. Um, and now that I'm thinking about it, um, the inclusion of uh, sort of characters, we have a transgender woman, clone sister, this thinking now the themes of this book, right? makes a lot of sense. Um, there's another character too, but I don't know if that character has been released yet. So oh, I'm not going to talk about Zer yeah. because okay. we don't know yet, but um, that makes sense now. With like, <laughs> my brain, I'm like, oh yeah, that's one of the themes of this book is identity, yeah. belonging, and community and like who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, but I interrupted you because you were talking about your take on this book and I started talking. But that's what no. I think. <laughs> I think no. it's about an identity and uh, what was the other one I said? Great question. I forgot. Belonging. Identity and belonging. Yeah. And like figuring out who you are and like 
who you want in your life yeah. at this like stage of your life and like recognizing that like relationships change over time, which can be really hard. That, 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 that nail on the head relationships changing over time was like really hard for me. Um, I think that's one of the things that like really made me, um, very emotional reading this book because it's something that I personally struggle with. Um, as I, as I relate to a certain, as much as I, uh, see aspects of Padme in myself, I don't really turn as much as I unfortunately relate to Anakin Skywalker. Um, and in terms of his, uh, some of his struggles, the big one being attachment and struggling mm-hmm. with like not being able to let go is something that I definitely struggle with. So when I see Padme doing that, I'm just like, mm-hmm, teach me your ways, master. <laughs> um, my Jedi master. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that like this book is, is truly, this is like all roads have been leading here. And, mm-hmm. I, and I don't think any of the characters could have foreseen this this mm-hmm. point in their in each of their journeys and seeing as not just any of the characters i think specifically padme and sabe did yeah. not reckon i think they didn't think in their heads that the that the roads they were on would lead to this point and that they would have to make a very specific choice and into mm-hmm. in their lives because because I don't, none of them anticipated Anakin, you know, and yeah. he is the like. Um, you never expect the Skywalkers; they just kind of show up, really, and do. start doing stuff, and you're like, Skywalkers. oh man, <laughs> really, they really do. And so, yeah, and so it's it's turning into okay, like now we have to make there are choices to be made. What are your what are the results of your choices? Like, who are you going to be stepping into this new place? You are definitely. It is the book is truly saying goodbye to. Mm-hmm. Um, a chapter it's closing a chapter and opening a new chapter and unfortunately as we know the new chapter is one completely laced with tragedy and sadness and it just like really hurts me because i know when the book ends i'm just like i don't don't like just close don't even go don't go forward like well and that's something i'm sure we'll get into when we get into the spoiler section so i was actually going to check here it's it's a really short book is the thing Mm -hmm. it is less than 300 pages um and that sort of brevity is going to hit people one of two ways i think that's why one of the main reasons like you've got to read it in sequence is because on its own obviously it's these culminations of these stories it's also like the i want to say the smallest it's in many ways the smallest story it doesn't seem quite right due to like the extent of like the things happening but it is in terms of like intimacy and what like the plot like yes it's definitely obviously character driven there's the least amount of plot in this book right and so because of that it's a sort of shorter window of time that is thinking about these characters and sort of how they've ended up where they've ended up Mm -hmm. and um that's something that's like again this is not the fault of like johnson but like the ending this book is really really hard because you Mm. know where it goes and you know it goes badly and like that is something i've spent a lot of time thinking about is like how do you end a book like this knowing that once you like give up the reins of this character they are going to their doom and like that's such a difficult position to be in and i can't imagine have like it's it's and that's something that I wrote in the outline originally was just like, what can we do? Like, what can any individual person do knowing how a character story ends up and it ends up in, if it ends in tragedy and it ends in such a like disappointing tragedy, um, how do you approach that? Like how do as a writer, as a creator, like, what do you do with that? And so 
Queen yeah. Supplement is, is an example of like what you do. Um, mm. And it's interesting how it seems like part of that is focusing on other women, other girls in Padme's life who will pick up or have picked up the sort of lessons that she's telling because we know she's not going to be there. And like, yeah. I hate that that has to happen, but. Um, totally, totally agree. Yeah. I, I, it is like, it is as much as it is like, is saying goodbye to a chapter. It's also like, mm-hmm. we see the seeds we see as, as I mentioned earlier, <laughs> the legacy and what is a legacy what and how legacy? it is planting seeds in a garden you never get to see and it's like mm-hmm. Padme never gets to see the garden but the yeah. seeds she's planted the seeds and we see the we don't see the flowers yet we don't see the garden yet but we've started to see um the watering of it in this book um and we'll talk about it more specifically when we get yeah. to spoilers um but yeah it's a it's 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 a i i also like totally agree with you when you were talking about plot that it really is the least plot heavy book um which is why i think i think that can leave like people feeling feeling a little like wanting more Mm -hmm. at the book ends which i totally understand um but i think that there's something like i feel like ek johnson's writing style she's like a very lyrical poetic writing Mm -hmm. style where she repeats and she uses par- she uses parallel structure constantly, mm-hmm. like in all of the books, and she'll repeat like phrases and words as a way to like bang in your head. Like mm-hmm. literally, so many chapters ended with her work has just begun. She's yeah. gonna keep working. She has like it's now time to get back to work and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Or she'll repeat like a wash of sadness rushed yep. over her in an instant, and you see that with like. Padme and Sabe specifically mm-hmm. in terms of things. And, and there are like different phrases that like, I, I would love to go back and just when I have my physical copy, just like highlight see, some of these phrases yeah. to see the way. Cause I think that there's like a very interesting, like rhyme that mm-hmm. in, in, in music structure that she's weaving throughout the story in terms of um, like very strategically placing some of these words as she repeats throughout the book. So, yeah. yeah. So the book isn't, it definitely isn't like plot driven, but it is, um, it is more lyrical and it is more poetic yeah. than I think of than compared to the other two. Yeah. Lyrical is a good way to describe it because it's, it has a structure. It's just a structure that's different from a lot of these sort of like plot. Um, and I know that's something I believe the author has said specifically in terms of writing styles, like what they're interested in. Um, in terms of, um, yeah, I, I still, like I say, read the whole trilogy. I, I have a hard time being like, you should read this one because I think you're so right that you have to read all of them. I think I'm still sort of sitting with like, am I just kind of sad because I know mm. what happens next? Or or mm. is there something that like really didn't sort of take me um, with this book? And I think a lot of it's just like the complicated feelings I have around knowing how it ends and sort of not knowing what to do with that. And also as someone who, you know, as much as I love good character development, I also tend to like sort of faster paced uh, stories. So at first for me, it was kind of frustrating because we'll talk about this in, actually, I don't think it's really spoilery to say like, obviously Padme's gotten secret married throughout. If there is a plot, it's like, who's going to find out and when and why, if there is like a plot, right. It's like, who's going to know about this information. And so I think part of me was expecting, again, here come expectations that there was going to be like, that was going to be the main thing. And while that certainly comes up in certain aspects, it was more reflective about these characters. And so it's the type of book I think I'll appreciate more 
on reread, but I'm so happy that um, it is hitting people the way it is hitting them uh, in their in their emotions. And so as a whole, as a trilogy, this has done so much for Padme's character and all of these other characters that it's, it's such a net gain for Star Wars. Like it's incredible that we have these opportunities to explore these characters more. Um, any final spoiler three thoughts? spoiler free thoughts on (laughs) queen's hope um i definitely recommend it um but you have to read the other two first um you can't read this one by itself because you will if you don't know obi-wan's in in queen's peril (laughs) (laughs) obi-wan is in queen's peril obi-wan is in queen's peril i'm not gonna say anything else because we're still spoiler yeah um but but yes please give it a try um read the entire trilogy personally for me in terms of star wars books the books about women much like the majority of things in star wars are my favorite mm-hmm. so this book is definitely and i think it's um it's a, i think it's a very it's a quiet it is a rich book in a very quiet book, mm-hmm. um where it's not it's not in your face and it's not yeah. bold and it's not brash but it's very um there's a there's a gentleness to mm-hmm. it that I think requires um, just like an, an ease of reading. Yeah. It's yeah. like a, it's a very gentle. Yeah. I Make gentle yourself reading. a cup of tea, yeah. sit in an armchair, mm-hmm. have like a cozy, something to comfort you through the sadness, like contemplative yeah. kind of vibe, right? It's not like, yeah. oh my God. And then, you know, this thing blew up and like, blah, blah, blah. Like just kind of understanding what you're in for here is yeah contemplative i guess yeah contemplative yeah and it's like it is sad but it's not depressing i mean the book is called queen's hope you know it's bittersweet it's this like it's it's definitely a mixture of like that sadness that comes when like oh god i can't even come up with the right word like it's like i'm grateful I'm sad. It's, it's the, it's the, it's the Winnie the Pooh. Um, don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened. <laughs> Very <Quote>. much. Yes. <laughs> That's yes. what it is. Shout out to yeah. everyone's senior quote at graduation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> true though is the thing like that's yeah. just a very true statement so uh, what we're gonna do now is we're gonna take a little break and when we come back we're gonna really dig into it so yes yeah, so we're gonna take a break when we come back we'll be talking spoilers i'll warn you again when we come back from the break but make sure you've either finished the book or you've just decided you don't care um <laughs> but uh we're gonna be talking spoilers for queen's up after the break so we will see you uh in just a moment Alrighty, uh, welcome back. Um, we are still talking about Queen's Hope by E. Johnston, and now we're going to be talking, you know, free from all constraints. So again, spoiler warning for Queen's So definitely finish reading it before you come back to this second half, because we're going to be talking about lots of details, and you might not want to have those detailed spoilers. You know what a spoiler warning is. I don't need to explain what it is. <laughs> now that you have, you have no, you have no restraints. Uh, what you really want to say no like i mean like <laughs> really because you said you, you said you you made you cry so much and so i'm like let's talk about those moments like what were the moments for you that were the most like oh here i am crying yeah well first off page one uh Yuki johnson is like hey you know that you know you know anakin's mom shmi skywalker you want to find out how like her backstory a little bit about mm-hmm. her and also like her own um 
who she is as a person and then also mm-hmm. how she um how she gets Anakin. Yeah, let me just tell you that yeah. from pages one and two, and I lost it. I was like yeah. reading the beginning and how it's how it's just like because again, I mentioned this earlier that that um EK always refers to the women throughout these books. She calls them girls. And so she talks mm-hmm. about Shmi as a girl. And is, the girl was this, the girl was that. And like, it's often, and, and so those, each of those four um, moments where she talks mm-hmm. about Shmi and then Baru and then Padme and then Brea. Um, each of those, as they start out, like you see that each of these women are such forces for hope in their own ways mm-hmm. and are forces for like fighting for what's right in their own ways. And the way that specifically not Padme so much, um, because we have so much Padme, but with Shmi, um, Baru and Brea, these women who are often just like pushed to the sideline mm-hmm. are like brought forward in such a powerful way. And the way that uh, the book literally ends with being like, Brea laid the foundation for somebody who would be so much more and mm-hmm. we know that's going to be pa- Leia and then I was thinking yeah. about it after my second read and I was like there's a world where you get you get Leia's the girl in white and then you get Ray because Leia was like I'm going mm-hmm. to figure to Ray and then it exactly keeps going and like this legacy of motherhood um that we don't have in Star Wars you know yeah we it's all about, about dads it it's just dads all the time it's all about dads yeah and I would like really am like hungry for more like mother motherhood stories um and and seeing that so yeah so those those each of those four um mm-hmm. little excerpts like really made me cry in the way that that E.K. Johnson just takes women who are sidelined and often put in the background yeah. and gives them a light and shines a light on them and makes them because now when we can we can go into Obi-Wan Kenobi and be like there's Baru with the yes. white suns doing the work to yeah. like liberate people on Tatooine, you know, absolutely. And, and I have no idea. I have no idea if like Deborah Chow and, and like the story group were like in, in it with, yeah. with like E.K. Johnson and like trying to figure this out. I hope so, because that yeah. would be incredible. Um, but and knowing I know- that Luke was raised by a woman who was committed to freeing people, enslaved people is like so powerful. Like so that powerful. just brings so much context and like she deserves, she she raised Luke Skywalker and like we yeah. need to, we need to like recognize that the amount of like mm-hmm. importance that she would have had in his life um same thing with Owen where like I'm so excited to see more of the both of them we're talking about women now but like I just love that we're gonna get more about these characters those four excerpts are so good there's something really powerful about Shmi choosing Anakin mm-hmm. because the idea of randomly getting pregnant is like terrifying right the idea yeah. that, like, the universe is like here's your baby like getting to see her i, I don't want to say like consent to it but like consent to it and like recognize mm-hmm. this like child is a moment of joy was really important and i didn't realize it was something i needed until i read it where i was like yeah. this is good i like that she's like nope this is a good thing i want this to happen this is an opportunity to have something that's mine that i love Mm-hmm. again it was something i did not realize i wanted and needed until it happens and then i was like this is so necessary that yeah. she is like um it doesn't just happen to her like she embraces it which obviously it's very like there's a big virgin mary of like except you know what i mean like accepting this gift type of connotations but in the same way she gets some agency here in something that beforehand just seemed like it happened to her and that's really important totally i love that and it totally goes back to what you were talking about the theme of belonging because i believe that mm-hmm. the the um excerpt itself like talks about Shmi being like belonging to someone for once um 
And, and I mean, you can see that then with Padme and Anakin and their Mm -hmm. relationship and the fact that they're like, we belong to each other. Um, Having something that's just for you. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what, and, and it's like, and again, thinking about just women in general, we, I feel like women are often like not allowed to have something that's just for them, mm-hmm. you know, because they are, they have to be like thinking about everybody else all the time. And that's well, like such a big yeah. thing with Padme is that she's like for once. And, and this is another thing that I love that EK Johnson does is that I think Padme there's, I have seen critiques of Padme in these books as being like, she is perfect. She's does mm-hmm. no wrong. And I get that to an extent. However, I think that what Queen's Hope does really beautifully is that I don't, I don't, I know sometimes when you're reading, um, writers will like tell you what you should think about characters, um, which is, which is fine. Sometimes, sometimes it's not so fine. It's, it's, it's good when it's like an evil character and we should feel evil about them. Yeah. Um, Palpatine said it is evil desk, evil. You're like, yep, for sure. We should, we should think, and strangely enough, there are definitely people out there who don't, um, Uh, yeah, which is fine. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) anyway, uh, with Padme, I really like the way that this book EK is never saying you should feel this way Mm -hmm. about Padme. She is saying Padme is making these choices. This is what Padme does. I'm going to let you decide. And as somebody who is like very biased about Padme, Mm -hmm. I appreciated that because it doesn't feel like I'm being told that I need to judge my favorite character negatively. It's the book is presenting like, this yeah. is the pat- choices that Padme is doing. The choice of choosing Anakin thus means that like Sabe is going to be pushed to the side. Mm-hmm. The choice of choosing Anakin means that now, now Padme is choosing to be secret and she wants something for herself. And I get that. Mm-hmm. Also, I can see the way that like how this is going to affect her life and like maybe Padme, maybe we shouldn't have made some of these choices, but it's not making me judge her, which I think mm-hmm. is very important because I think often female characters are judged mm-hmm. far harsher than male characters are just yeah. in the nature of, you know, the society mm-hmm. and the world. Um, and so, yeah, so I, I really appreciate that. Like that, that's what this book does is it presents the choices that each of these characters make. And then we can thus pull our yeah. own thoughts and judgments based on that and not yeah. feel like we're being forced for this. sure. And I think what a lot of people might be doing is uh, mistaking the lack of explicit judgment from the narrator as as endorsement and that you're mm-hmm. right. Like, that's mm-hmm. not true. You could read this book and be frustrated with Padme and disagree with her choices. Like yeah. you have an opportunity, you have an openness. There's a space that is open for you to think those things. We're simply getting an insight into like why she made the decisions she made. That might not be good enough for you. And like, that's fine. But that's so true about being judged so harshly is like, again, a lot of critique about Padme in both in these books and outside these books that like, oh, well, like women, you know, we should allow, we should be allowed to critique women. And I'm like, well, absolutely. But like, when it comes to like, it's such a difficult thing where people try to use that as an excuse of being like, well, it's, is it really feminist to not criticize characters, et cetera. And like, I do think there are opportunities for critique here. Like, I think if you had to say like, does she have any flaws? You could say that she's naive. Like, I think you could realistically Mm -hmm. say that idealism and naivete are sort of two sides of the same coin. And there are times where like hoping for the best 
isn't the right decision. Objectively, that doesn't mean it's the wrong decision for her. Like we have a perspective that she does not have. Like the facts that we know who Anakin becomes, we can't remove that from our brain. And Padme has no idea. And I think that's something we as fans don't comprehend very well is that these characters don't know what we know. And so Padme is making decisions based off of Anakin. She's not making decisions like we would because she doesn't know what we know. And so trying to keep that in mind, like, yeah, I still, I don't know if anyone is ever going to make me like a hundred percent buy into, you know, this relationship but this book did more than anything has so far mm-hmm. because it, it brings up this sense of like yeah what if it wasn't like a perfect great idea objectively but it was built off of this particular motivation which was I want to have something for me I want to have something that is special because it's special that no one else knows about because I love this man and he loves me and that's it um I like that it really helped me understand because I think the way their marriage, the relationship is portrayed in the film as like the sweeping grand romance um, that is fated as opposed to like, um, that's an impulsive decision, but I kind of like the way it's like this wedding. They're like, yeah, we're going to get married. And then they have to like put this wedding together. Like this secrecy gives it an air of realism in terms of like what would actually go into making this kind of decision. Right. Um, it doesn't make the romance any less like, I would say valid. I don't know if I'm making any sense, but like you're making total sense. People are like, well, a woman like Padme would never fall in love with a man like Anakin. Well, first off, like you're you're not Padme. Also, if this is coming from I see this often coming from men, but it's also like it is far more interesting to me that a woman like Padme would fall in love with a man yeah. like Anakin. And it makes sense to me that that she like that she's going to try to make it work because we've seen that she is, again, she's an idealist in Mm -hmm. everything. So why wouldn't she be an idealist in terms of this relationship? And it's like, it's, this is the first, like, I truly believe like she does, she does love Anakin and, and she shouldn't be faulted. Like the heart wants what it wants as, as they say. People don't choose who they fall in love with. Right. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. that's why it's star-crossed like that's the whole point right is that like they don't fit they have to be secret it's not something that anyone would willfully enter into um because of how you know dangerous it is like that's Mm -hmm. the that's the yes you're right they do seem like a mismatch that's the story right like how are they going to make this work and she's Mm -hmm. committed to make it work because she's padme right and then and then and it's like you were saying that it's it's because things like zeroing in on how it is in, in Queen's Hope is that you are seeing like those moments where when they're deciding to go back to Naboo and Anakin's or excuse me, go back to Coruscant from Naboo and Anakin's like, we should travel separately because I want to keep work and uh, and our marriage separate. And it's like you see them trying to work through these different things. Padme is like. I'm not going to tell Anakin about this, uh, this mission that I'm going on. Mm-hmm. because She doesn't. He <laughs> walks in on Sabe sleeping in, yeah. in Padme's bed. Um, Cause she's posing as, as Padme. Yeah. Um, so, so we're seeing them like making these choices to try and make it work. Cause again, the book is like one of the big themes is like choices and, and what mm-hmm. happens um, based on the choices that you're making. I think more so than the other books, um so yeah it's like i i'm i i love 
I love Anakin and Padme and I wish there was a world where it could have worked out. It makes me so sad that it doesn't because I think they could have been so great together. It just needed some couples therapy. Um, And also how long is it going to take for them to be honest with each other? It's but like, that's like truly like you start, you see, that's the thing is their relationship was built on. Yeah. We go back. You see, you hear that line in revenge of the Sith. And then you circle back to the fact that, they started this relationship with like, we might need to keep secrets from each other because of work, but keeping secrets with each other wasn't out of malicious intent. It was, I don't want to have to like burden you because of this. I don't want to have to burden you because of this. Like my job calls for this. My job calls for this. And, and they don't know how to reconcile that. And then, and that's just like, not a great, I mean, the foundation for a relationship is trust and, and yeah. And they're not honest with each other, both of them. Um, and we see where it leads and it just makes yeah. me so sad. People say like what caused Anakin to follow the dark side. Turns out it was a, it was a poor work-life balance. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, probably. Yeah. Like uh, my, That's when it. I've had a poor work-life balance, it's, I, the really, dark side's it looking really you. good. It will, it will get, get you. you. It will get you. Okay. Yeah. Every time. So one of the things that, so we definitely get. Sache's C-SPAN era. Sache's C-SPAN. But like essentially, um, and, and I know, and I believe, uh, um, uh, I believe I could be misremembering this, but when, um, Ike Johnson went live with Kirsten White, uh, um, during her fangirl Fridays, um, talking about which handmaid that she loved most, I'm pretty sure EK said that her favorite is Sache, um, of the handmaidens. Mm. Uh, yeah. I'm like, I'm like 95% sure, but I'm kind of second guessing myself, but I'm pretty sure Sache is her favorite. So like Sache gets like a, um, a highlight in a way that the other handmaids don't. I wish, I will say, I, I do wish we had gotten it because it, it, while this book does feel like a goodbye, um, it feels, it doesn't feel like the goodbye to the other handmaidens yeah. that I would have loved. Um, I know we get mentioned in the, in the final night that Padme and um, Sabe spend together before, <laughs> my hands are yours please don't ask for them again like that line guts me and it hurts yeah. so much um but yeah i know that they like mention all of the the handmaidens through there mm-hmm. but um but i wish we would have gotten more of them but yeah like sabe's journey in this in this book and how she like learns to step out of the queen's shadow and to be her own and i mean there's something to say about like her being like i was thinking about this as we started talking about mm-hmm. the titles and it's like Queen Shadow, Sabe yeah. is the Queen Shadow. Queen's Peril, um, the Peril of the, yeah, like the Peril of the Phantom Menace, in the Phantom mm-hmm. Menace and, and all of that stuff. And then like Queen's Hope, who is the Queen's Hope? And it is all of all of her handmaidens mm-hmm. and all of these like girls who have learned from her because we see Sache in her own way carrying out a legacy and like what Sache does with Carlini, um, is the name of the right Carlini Car- or Carlinas Carlinas. So we see like, again, that's where we saw where Sache gets the, uh, Naboo government to act. And then Palpatine's like, well, darn. And it's like, we're seeing a woman who isn't mm-hmm. Padme, but a woman who is heavily influenced by Padme and yeah. doing something, um, that is going to help so many people. We see, um, the, I'm forgetting, I'm forgetting his name. I should have written down the Kate Amornian, um, right. who is, is acting as a result of like Pat, like Padme's legacy goes beyond yeah. her handmaidens. Yeah. The Nemoidians like, are having hope. a moment. Let's just all take, 
the Nemoidians, we've got Brotherhood coming out on May 10th, which we know yep. takes place in Cato Nemoidia. Um, the, uh, justice for the Nemoidians. I'm just going to say it. Speaking of identity and like belonging, this idea of like this, yeah, this Nemoidian is like, look, I want to make this work. Um, I want to have this plan that is going to help, you know, everyone um, acting outside of the Trade Federation and like acting independently. And it's like secret, right? And so there's all this like secrecy mm-hmm. sort of parallels and um yeah it's just yeah and Sanjay again she's in her c-span era i yeah i do love i see i like politics so anytime anyone's having a committee meeting i'm like yeah (laughs) (laughs) same same i'm like now i'm now i'm totally thinking because i know that that like both eke johnson and mike chad have talked about how brotherhood and queen's hope are so intertwined uh i now you like mentioned the nemoidians and i t- like knew it takes place on canada Nemoidia, but didn't like fully process it now i'm just like oh my gosh does this guy also show up in brotherhood and i'm right. I, like obviously i have no idea because i read the book uh but now i'm very excited for that but um but yeah no i this is another moment where when padme goes back to Coruscant and it's like hey let me talk to bail mothma oh palpatine's here as well let me tell you guys about this Nemordian, and then I'm like, no, don't tell him, don't tell him, don't she tell know. him. He's not just he's not just an old man. He's the no. most dangerous being in the galaxy, right? Right. But yeah. again, Padme's legacy. There's a line, one of my favorite. Whenever in Star Wars, whenever somebody says like it's the right thing to do, my brain just goes boo 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 boo. I'm like Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars main theme. Yeah, um, I have a version of that. Yeah. I have a version of that. It's anytime anyone says uh, they're a Jedi, like they assert their own Jedi-ness. I, yes. My brain gets the happy chemicals. Yeah. Um, that's my favorite thing. It's just, I'm like, because I'm a Jedi or because they were Jedi. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like, so we all have those moments. Like, that's such a good one to be like yeah. doing the right thing. And you're just like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's just um, like, it's that, it's the idea of like, there's no expl- like why are you helping me it's the right thing to do mm-hmm. like there's no explanation it's just like that is the explanation no ulterior motive is. yeah right and like right. palpatine doesn't understand <laughs> fundamentally <laughs> doesn't understand that and like right. for all the flaws that a character like anakin has like that's in many ways his motivation too mm-hmm. right like he's doing what he thinks is the version of the right thing to do and yep. like we get to see different versions of that in padme and anakin which i think is really really nice uh speaking of sabe I definitely was the most emotionally affected by Sabe and especially yeah. this like friendship breakup. Well, like obviously Sabe's feelings were also romantic and that's something that was hard because they weren't reciprocated. Um, but they also had this like deep bonds that is mm-hmm. like beyond, like it's just its own thing, right. Where they were almost the same person in many ways. And like, what do you do when you're not that anymore? Um, and I also appreciate that there is a moment in this book where we do get some judgment where Sabe is like, I just wish Padme would have chosen, you know, like a whole planet, like a species where she's like, really this one man, like, and she's upset. And so we do get someone in universe who's like showing the frustration that some readers might have, which makes sense because then Sabe does literally hunt Darth Vader later. So like, it makes sense. Oh my gosh. The like reading the reading the Darth Vader comics, uh, like the going reading um, after reading Queen's Hope and then reading the latest Darth Vader comic and seeing the two of them together and then remembering like all of this rereading the, all of the pad or the Sabe Anakin moments. And I'm just like, 
because <laughs> I know like Anakin is remembering, but like Sabe doesn't know that like Vader is Anakin, and mm-hmm. it's just like it's it's if she knew, oh my gosh, she would lose it. Yeah, she can't find out because then she would kill him, and the trilogy would wouldn't happen. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Some things you gotta do to gotta keep Vader alive for him to get redeemed. Oh gosh, Vader. But um, but yeah, no, the scene I like knew it was coming. When when Sabe was like getting in bed and and she's like curling up in bed after the after the time at the like set I think it's like Bale's function or Mon Mothma's function or something yeah um and then there was like there's somebody in her door I was like <laughs> no no and then you know yeah. what's gonna happen from there with like yeah Sabe and then they're uh, they're breaking up when that scene starts and Padme is just completely caught off guard and Sabe's like. So I met Anakin or, or she's like, I forget exactly what she says Yeah. while she's brushing Padme's hair. And that entire scene is just. Oh. Well, the hurt of like not find finding out something that's so important in a way that, you know, finding out something like that, not from the person who you need to hear it from. And yeah. that's so hurtful, right? Like this huge, mm-hmm. important thing. And it's like, so I will say one thing in terms of structurally the way this book functions it was a little to me like we're like here hanging out we're sort of vibing and then boom 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 and there's this really intense sort of emotional ending um and plot wise it's almost like here's the big confrontation between these two characters um that felt a little unbalanced to me mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. i really loved this confrontation this sort of drama and i realize you have to build to that so like again i part of me wants to go into like well here's what we could have done differently but like we can't do that right so i will say um i don't know if other people felt this way but like we're just sort of vibing hanging out and then we get to this like big dramatic what seems like the plot of the book right like yeah their relationship fundamentally going in different directions padme becoming a different person um and that confrontation is really good um structurally though it just happens in like the last like literally the last 20 pages right it's so near the end of the book so there isn't as much time to reflect on it um so i don't know if it's really criticism it's more just like a taste thing right um where that happens and it's like the big sort of climactic moment but it's like literally it's so close to the end of the book yeah and i think part of that too is like because we've spent we've spent time leading up to it and we're just building to it on Sabe's side. Exactly. And, and we're like not building up to it on Padme's side because Padme's doing her thing with um going to, and I'm forgetting the name of the planet that she goes to, um with the Wookiees. Oh, yeah. The Wookiees. Wookiee ship. <laughs> it's so big. It's so I love what she's like. She's like, I should look into like buying a Wookiee ship for myself. Yeah, this ship is a nice. Like, you should like I your your um your ship is very beautiful and very sleek and very naboo, but like get yourself a Wookiee ship. Um yeah. Wookiee captains. But um, but yeah, so she's doing like the like the plot action plot, mm-hmm. I would say. Yeah. Um, but we're not like getting as much emotional depth from her as we get from Sabe. So when we get to it, like we definitely feel Padme feeling blindsided. And I think that's where the suspense is leading. Cause we see, see mm. Sabe being like, I need to talk to Padme. I can't believe she did this, all of this. And then once we see Padme, how could you do this back, to you? Question right. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, my brain only works in, in TikTok sounds, but I mean, you're, I mean, literally right. That's Sabe yeah. like putting a voice memo for herself. <laughs> she's like writing down notes to be ready to talk to Padme. 
Um, <laughs> and it's like, it's the second time this has happened to the two, like this happened yeah. at the beginning of their friendship with Harley. Um, and then it happens at the end and it's like, yeah. it's, it's what breaks it. And, yeah. and it's like, and this is, I think that it comes down to the, the Winnie the Pooh quote, like, don't cry because it's so first now because it happened. Mm. And Sabe now gets the chance to go off and step out of the queen's shadow and not be second best and to belong to somebody. Um, yeah. Honra and to be her own person. But the tragedy lies in the fact that I know, I fully know that, that Sabe spends the rest of her life thinking about that day. Yeah. And thinking about if I hadn't have left, I could have protected her because mm-hmm. Anakin didn't protect her. Even though I told, I said to him, I'm glad you're there to always protect her. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And like the tragedy of knowing later, wishing you had made different choices. And I think that's part of the reason why it just hurts so bad. <laughs> like yeah. that particular sense of like, I wish I could have done something differently mm-hmm. um, is so hurtful. And I was thinking about this um, earlier today. Um, about how we like are kind of obsessed with relationships that are quote unquote end game. Right. So like, this is obviously mostly comes up in romantic context, but it's true of friends too, where like a relationship doesn't cease being important because it ends. And that's something that I think this book handles really well, just because they, their relationship essentially ends, right. Their friendship ends does not mean it was not important. And so I think having examples of relationships, romantic and otherwise that end but are still important to people is important because we have in our mind the sense of like the only relationship that matters is the person you quote unquote end up with first of all doesn't happen for everyone second of all we all have people in our lives that aren't in our lives anymore that doesn't mean those weren't important relationships and so i think that's really good representation for that phenomenon even though it hurts me real bad (laughs) (laughs) it hurts it really hurts so it like it's a different kind of pain and i don't know i'm trying to think if there's any other things in star wars that have hurt the way that this does and i don't think there is because i think it is like coming back to this idea of sisterhood um and it's it is a different kind of relationship that we don't see and haven't seen as explored Mm -hmm. in depth because we do like we mentioned um, I don't know if we, we mentioned this on, we didn't mention this while we were offline. We mentioned we were talking like the different female friendships and how, yeah. 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 And, and so it's like, none of the other friendships are explored as in depth as Padme mm-hmm. and Sabe. And so, and because it's like, it's, 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 it's a very new kind of friendship that I think we relate to. And, and, and part of it too, is like, it's, it's, you have to make making space for somebody else. Um, Mm -hmm. and recognizing like, we can't be together anymore because I've made a choice or it's, it's like Padme made the choose somebody else. She chose Anakin because that's what that's, she's allowed to make her own choice. And it hurt Sabe that to recognize, like, I know that you were never going to choose me. Yeah. But like, but I thought you were going to choose something else exactly Um, exactly you didn't choose the galaxy you didn't choose a planet you didn't choose a cause you chose this man this this dumb man man that i don't necessarily agree with and it's very intense yeah it's really i don't know why that hit me harder than anything else in the book but it really did (laughs) yeah i mean it did it surprised me too how much it hit me but it's like yeah you have to make your own choice and Sabe did make her own choice and I'm glad she made her own choice and she's glad she made her own choice mm-hmm. because she did have to step into, she did have to leave the queen's shadow eventually. And yeah. that's very scary. Um, 
And I think another thing that like also makes me upset about it is like Palpatine's manipulations within mm. it. Um, and how at that final, um, like the Jedi, the Senate, Senate Jedi mixer <laughs> at the Jedi temple, <laughs> That's true. the networking yeah. event at the Jedi temple, which is essentially what it is. Absolutely. Um, you see again, Palpatine's manipulation and how he pushes, how he gets people alone. And so it's like, Isolate I'm glad. Them. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad Sabe made Gets her out of there. <laughs> steps into the her out of the queen's shadow. But part like on the one hand, it's like, yeah, Sabe is going to think about that for the rest of her life and we're probably regrets it. But also that choice leads us into further into Padme being solo and being on her own because Dorme, she has Dorme, but like she's not as tight with Dorme as the other ones. And, yeah. and her well, new and handmaid, yeah. she's not as close yeah. with. And so, and then we get her closer and closer to the point. Somebody mentioned on TikTok, like how hard must it have been for Padme to be, we see it at the beginning of Queen's Hope when she's like making her wedding dress and she's like, I have to do this alone. Yep. And so how hard it must've been for her to be pregnant alone without Anakin. Man, it's crazy that there more than, there are in my mind, two canon, three actually canon women who have had to be pregnant alone because their jedi partner is either dead or absent and maybe we could stop doing that (laughs) yeah please it's just like why (laughs) it hurts it hurts and there and there are all women who are again sacrifice everything for the greater mm-hmm. good. They completely put themselves to the side for the greater good. Yeah. Um, one of them, one of them's uh, uh, a partner turns to the dark side. The, the others don't. Uh, right. Uh, dark side, still. dead, can't be together because circumstances. <laughs> like, Because <laughs> um, a lot of times this is kind duty, of- Duty, they chose duty over, they, they, over Yeah, they're themselves. like, I got to commit to work. A lot of times people- will say and sometimes I'll say in my own head I'm like well Lisa Teen like got to raise her child I'm like not really that's why it's so sad to me she yeah. didn't kind of she had to Moses him <laughs> that's literally like in my mind she that's what Moses him please that is accurate <laughs> yeah so people are like Julia why do you care so much about this theory here's the thing it's a another example of this type of phenomenon where it's like wow well at least like Satine was there for her child I'm like yeah but not really like not actually getting to be a mother is such a theme that it just makes so much sense to me thematically that's off topic i just have to share um because it is another example of like yeah even if you this is why i'm so worried about her <laughs> i'm like better be okay oh my God. Track, track record well and leia too where like she eventually is separated from her child and anyway i'm just thinking about how you don't get to be a mom in star wars and how sad that makes me because that's kind of important to have yeah. like, you, need, you need parents um right it, it's really tragic um to have that separation with anything there are so many things we could talk about and something we talked about before we started recording was like there's a lot of um issues of questions of um representation and we just sort of discussed how like i don't feel qualified to give commentary on queer representation in Star Wars, because I'm not a member of that community. So I will say I am very much looking forward to seeing fans 
um, who are members of that community read this book and respond to it because I respect and value their opinion much more than like my take on uh, trans representation, queer representation, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you're wondering where that conversation is, yeah, I guess that's kind of something we discussed. So Mm -hmm. that's what Mm -hmm. I'll say about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, agreed. I just retweet everything you just said. Right. Because you're like, oh, they're talking about women. I'm like, yes, because we are. And that's what we feel qualified to talk about. Right. So it's not that we're ignoring it. It's just I don't think. uh, Yeah, I'm not going to say things that are probably not ill-informed, not the right thing. You know what I'm saying? You get the point. Hope in my queen. It's more likely than you think. (laughs) It is more likely than you think. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we again, it is it is a pretty short book. Um, it's 280 pages. Uh, so it is a snack of a book, um, yeah. but it is again, very like rich and very layered and nuanced. And I think it is one that like the more you re- revisit it, the more, like, I think if you do what I did and like voraciously read it really quickly, you're like, Oh, I, I feel like you wanted more. And probably a big part of why I feel that way is because I, re- I, I didn't savor it. And I think this mm. is a book that needs to be savored to be, to be understood. Um, that's not saying, like I said, in terms of pacing, that's something that didn't work for me in terms of the pacing of this book, but that's me. That's my take. Mm -hmm. It's not good Mm -hmm. or bad. It's my personal, uh, take on it. So, um, if you're the type of person who like me gets kind of frustrated with pacing as a warning, um, but it's still worth the journey, right? It's just giving you a sense of like, um, if you felt that way, you're not alone. I, I felt that way too. Um, but there's still a lot to be savored. Uh, yeah. It's a snack that needs to be savored, which can be frustrating, right? Where you're like, this is a snack, but also I need to savor it. And so like coming to that realization when with snacks, we kind of want to just mindlessly consume them sometimes. This food yes. metaphor is really going on a journey. <laughs> Taking it. Um, you got to really take your time with it. Yes. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. The book is, it's all about belonging. It's all about identity, finding your identity, um, in this galaxy that's changing. And what, what does your place look like? Women getting to girls, getting to work in a way that, um, we don't often get them to see and, and, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, just like Padme's Padme's legacy being a legacy of hope, um, really hit me hard yeah. in the way that like she being yeah. who she was, um, I think she is a character rubs a lot of people the wrong way because I think a lot of people can be uncomfortable with somebody who is so idealistic because mm-hmm. it, it does read to a lot of people as naivete. Um, yeah. and, uh, and, and so, but then in this book, I love how it's like, okay, we're seeing certain characters doing things that are very Padme like, mm-hmm. um, and it's because they were around this woman yeah. who was do, who was a very uh, idealistic optimist in a very yeah. radical way. Um, well, you were you were uh, texting me earlier about um, about Luke and about how yeah. um, he, in many ways, represents this hopefulness, this idealism. Mm-hmm. Where like you're like Luke, you sh- probably shouldn't trust this dark lord of the Sith, and he's like, I could though. <laughs> we could see how it turns right. out. Right. Yeah. He's my dad. And so like, so there, yeah, like there's, there's something in me that tells me that there is good in him. And it's like, what is that? But Padme spirit. And that's why it makes me want to cry when Luke is like, 
I don't remember my mother's like you are your mother's son so fully and you don't yeah like it hurts me and like I yeah this I texted Julia earlier I was like I was rewatching the scene and it just like was thinking about this and just just made myself cry yeah about it yeah Um, it's it's really sad I mean I love Luke I don't talk about how much I love Luke because my brain I just is owned by Obi-Wan but like Luke is like my second favorite character but it never comes up like that's one of the things I love about Luke is the fact that he's not just like I'm here to like kick ass and take names like sure (laughs) but also he 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 saves the day through love like he's like what if instead Mm. I refuse to fight you and said that I think you can be better and that's that works it works and like that is something Padme would have done but when Padme does it it's ignoring red flags god it just makes me so and then the and then and then like not to get so off topic but the whole like well what if she had like gone to Mustafar with a knife like originally intended to kill Anakin was like that's not Padme yeah Yeah. the vine I like it for the vine because I think it's Padme what do you have a knife no is very fun (laughs) but yeah it's out of character for sure yeah yeah so and and it's like it's just again the knife was words if the knife was better dialogue, a hundred percent. Totally. If the knife was just sorry, right. I, I I'm not mad at. I am a little bit mad. It's just like I think hope. Hope is for a. This is this is just for a saga in a franchise that is so built on hope. Mm-hmm. When it comes to Padme, hope is seen as a weakness. Um, and I don't get it. Those are air horns. Yeah, the entire the Star Wars is about hope. You have not when you do it, (laughs) but like, actually you're not wrong though, because like when Padme exhibits this, when Jedi do it with cool lightsaber, right, right. Exactly. Exactly. When Jedi do it with cool lightsaber and, um, we have a cool quote from somebody just, you know, that says like hope, but God forbid this woman who is like, actually who has hope in, in just like go beyond Anakin, like in, yeah. in the galaxy and fighting for what's right. And do we see the way that that hope affects yeah. she's like, like Batman. passed on to others? She, oh my gosh, Batman. Oh, what a fantastic. Yeah. Padme is Batman essentially. Yeah. Um, and, and, and we're, and we're Selena saying, please don't just come with us. <laughs> right. Let's get out of here. Yeah. And Padme's like, I'm sorry. I have to try. I have to try to do better. And we're like, you know this is never going to change we know it's going to go wrong we know that it's not going to work this is going to kill you and padme is like i'm batman you just broke my brain the way you just broke my brain now okay so i'm gonna go buy my ticket for my sixth viewing of the batman because padme is batman watch it the context of padme amidala um the heroes well this is like that's the thing about bruce about batman people are like he is self-sacrificing he is fighting a battle that is in many ways, like seems fundamentally rigged. Can you really change a city like Gotham? Can Gotham change? Can its soul change? And the Batman is about him, like literally he it's the it's the most hopeful, it's the least cynical. Like it's mm-hmm. dark. We're just talking about the Batman now because it's a great movie. Um, but like Padme is very similar. She's in a dark circumstance, like in the midst of a war, is like a big part of like where we see her story. And she refuses to like play into the game, right? And we see Bruce Batman go through that same journey where he learns that actually punching people in the face has not been effective. I should mm-hmm. maybe be a beacon for hope. And we're like, oh, thank God. Um, but yeah, women are not afforded the same uh, level of nuance. We're like, 
yeah, she exactly. didn't take a journey to get there. Some people are naturally this way and mm -hmm. that's not a weakness. We mm -mm. should be happy that we have people like her in reality and in fiction who are good, who are idealistic, who have not been like so jaded as to give up. Anyway, Padme is Batman. I will be, yeah. uh, for <laughs> promos episode, I will be taking the In Conclusion Padme is Batman and putting it everywhere. <laughs> I'm so excited. Yeah, ba Batman is entering his Amidalan era. Uh, is what happens at the end of the bat the Matt Reeves bats, the Batman. That's hope. That's yeah. hope. That's hope. I can't wait to listen to bats the Carol. That's shadow. That's that's hope. I mean, he does say at the beginning of the Batman that he is in the shadows. Oh, and then in the end, he says he needs to be more than vengeance. He needs to be. Is the entire Queen's trilogy just the Batman? Matt Reeves, yeah. the Batman. Matt Reeves. Matt Reeves. Actually, huge Padme Amidala fan. Didn't know yeah. about that, did you? You know, I wouldn't be surprised if he was. I look forward to listening to the... I haven't bought a DVD in who knows how yeah. long, but I will be dying the Batman DVD. <laughs> that's, that's Shadow, that's Peril, that's Hope. That's Hope. <laughs> Heroes on both sides. Uh, Pursuit of Peace. Titles of comics that could be Batman comics. Like, am I wrong? Um, no. I'm not wrong. Those are just... That's just true. Just very shortly. What do you think this trilogy has done for Padme as a character? I think it has done so much for her as a character. Uh, it has um, given us like more depth to her, of course, um, and rounded her out. It's helped us like uh, it's helped us to one, have a greater understanding of who she is, but then be able to go back to the um, original trilogy or not the original the prequel trilogy mm. and be able to be like, okay, I understand these choices a little bit more. Yeah. Um, with the context of the books, um, it always drives me nuts when people say like, well, like, like it's, I'm going to, I'm not going to read the books because they should have just like made her perfect in the movies. So like, why do I need yeah. to read the books? And I'm just like, in my head, that is such a slap in the face to like female writers that have done the work to try and round out well, yeah. female characters. It people taking additional context as like content as like filling in gaps or retconning or like do you not want more story? Do not right. want greater explanation? And I think it it fundamentally like misunderstands. Like, yes, obviously we have problems with Bad Man Revenge of the Sith, but like novels as a format are just more introspective. There it's easier to get into the heads of characters, right? It's not that film mm -hmm. can't do that, it certainly can, but not a big like a Star Wars film is never going to give you the introspective like character piece, right? Not never. It could, but that's not the type of sort of story they're telling. Yeah. It's not ignoring in not in every case right obviously there can still be issues characterization it's not necessarily ignoring something to want to explore it in a different format star wars is multimedia and i think we need to accept especially with all the tv shows now that like it's not movies and everything else it's all part of the same story and some mm -hmm. medium are better at telling certain types of stories like as a movie probably wouldn't be that exciting to watch queen's hope right but getting to sit no. down and like savor it is a different experience right it's like actually thinking about the differences between media sorry hi i'm julia i'm a phd candidate in adaptation um i think about this all the time um yeah. different media does different things a ya novel trilogy i think is the perfect vehicle for like padme the handmaidens this relationship this backstory it makes perfect sense that this would be where it would go obviously it would have been great if we got it in the movies but we didn't but now we have it so like good yeah yeah fully agree fully agree and i love seeing um padme exist outside of a man's story because mm -hmm. um after revenge of the sith the only times we're getting padme in um in star wars is like in this like 
really uncomfortable like vader Ooh. yeah you know she, she just solely exists in the a very, it's for like, vader's man pain right exactly and i just hate and that. look i love man pain i won't i won't <laughs> pretend that i don't elzar man is again one of my favorite characters i love him very much i'm a, here's the thing i'm i was thinking about this recently um the reality is like i love so many characters who are men and i'm thinking about why is that and i think a big part of it is for a long time the most interesting stories the most interesting characters were given to men right that's mm-hmm. where the most depth and work has gone into so it's like i can't go back oh, i was gonna round up to 30 years oh my god help um i can't go back 30 years and give myself it, like it wasn't my fault that the the most interesting protagonist characters right were were boys and men and i was able yeah. to empathize and relate to them they're my favorites now but i have that internalized sense of like the women i was growing up watching seeing were not afforded this complexity and so they didn't end up being my favorites right like mm-hmm. that's how it turns out that's why stories like this are so important for any group of people is to give them good stories so that you have like People think are like, oh, well, I can't relate to that character because I'm not X, Y, or Z. I, I'm not any of the things that oh Obi-Wan gosh. Kenobi is, right? Yeah. Right. So like, but I still am able to connect. So literature is an exercise in empathy. It's an exercise in taking on someone else's perspective. And we need to be able to, young people in particular, need to be able to take on the perspective of people who aren't like them. Totally. Totally. Yeah. I get really frustrated with like people, people being like, I understand the whole, like, oh, this isn't made for you. But Mm -hmm. when people are like this, and that's true, there are a lot of things out there that are like, this may not be, have been made for you, but that doesn't mean you should completely discount it because a lot of like underrepresented groups have had to spend all of their lives finding themselves in stories, not about them. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, now there's a story that's not about you. Um, maybe yeah try and walk a mile in their shoes exactly and try to find yourself in that story and um and it's a privilege to have to it is a privilege to be able to be like now be saying oh my gosh there are stories out there that aren't about me when my entire life there have been stories out exactly there about me. yeah um and that's not a bad thing because everyone deserves to feel seen and feel represented mm-hmm. Um, and you can still find yourself seen and represented in stories that aren't about yeah. you. You just have to try. Any final, any final thoughts on Queen's Hope? Listener takeaways, other than like obviously go read the trilogy. Yeah, I mean it's go read the trilogy. It's it's um, have an open mind in terms of like I, I hope that I hope that when you do read this trilogy, when you read this story, that you do um, come away with with a greater appreciation for Padme as a character. And then it helps yeah. you like rewatch the original, the prequel trilogy um, with that lens. And, um, and also like, I hope it encourages you if you are somebody who like hated Padme, um, mm-hmm. I hope, I hope it encourages you to investigate why did yeah. you hate this character? And cause I, I have, as I have talked about her so much on the clock app, I have had people reach out to me and be like, I really appreciate you sharing your thoughts because it's actually changed my perspective and helped me realize that a lot of my point of views have been coming from a place of internalized misogyny, which I understand because so for so long, the loudest voices in the fandom have been men. um, And men scream a certain way about Padme as a character. And thus it's easy to internalize that. 
um, as women. And so, yeah, that's, that's, there's a it's always, it's okay to change your mind. It's always yes. okay to change your mind. I went through that same journey with Bogotan where I was like, I hate you and you're dumb and stupid. And now I'm like, oh, that was, I was not affording her the same level of nuance that I afford male characters who like her, you know, make mistakes or have done things that are wrong. So like, it's okay to like yeah. change your mind. I think a lot of times people are afraid of admitting, um, admitting that um and also it's okay to like dislike characters but you can also do so in a way that is not inherently like toxic and like dragging other people um i frequently just don't talk about characters i don't like because i don't need to hurt other people's feelings like exactly you know but that's i'm so happy that people have brought that to you because you do such a good job as i was like padme ambassador that's what you are you are a padme ambassador like letting people in on your understanding of the character because I think it is um you get it in a way that helps other people get it and that's really Mm -hmm. important to like unlock certain things for people where like sometimes you don't get something until you see someone else explain it to you I think what you said at the beginning about girls is really important too Mm -hmm. like what I was saying if I had these books at 15 like how differently you know things would have gone in terms of my own relationship to like uh, being a girl, being a woman. And anyway, I'm just, it's getting yeah. light now. So I'm like rambling, but yeah, no, I just um, want to say that like the yeah. girl's point it, it, I love, I totally agree with you. If I had these when I was younger, because it, it gives girls permission to be bold in a way that a lot mm-hmm. of, um, stories did not give us. I think, I think of this and I think of also, have you seen turning red yet? Yes, I have watched um, it. It was, ugh. So good. What what stories you would like to see in the future um, about Padme featuring Padme? Your dream pad, your dream Padme project. My dream Padme project, because as much as I love this trilogy, I still it is Padme's trilogy, but it's also not because she still shares like real estate with Sabe and Handmaid's. I'm not upset about that because I love that and we needed those stories. Um, And after I finished this book, I was like really upset thinking about like, oh, this might be the last time. I get Padme stories and it like yeah. made me really upset. Um, and I was like, okay, so what would I love to see her in? And I would love, I would love, I think it works best in like your graphic novel format. Um, uh, like Queen Amidala's four years in power. Yeah. And you could still like get her hand in this and see, I was like, what were those girls up to in four years and how we see the beginning, we see the end. So mm-hmm. I would love that, but then also a highlight on Padme. Um, I would also love to know like, what is Sabe up to between mm-hmm. 19 BBY to three ABY? Because we have yeah. all of this time until she gets into the Vader comics and the Amidalans. And I'm like, I would love to explore, yeah, like Sabe, but then, but make it like a parallel, like with Queen Amidala, where we like Padme is sure. like, isn't viewed as like a, in the way that like, isn't viewed to Sabe the way that she is to Vader in this like mm. fantasy bubble. Um, in this idealized world, but like we still get like yeah. a round of Padme story. I would also just for the love of God, can they just like mention her? Can they say in, her like, name, please? Andor or something? Like yeah. in Obi-Wan? Come on. So I was thinking recently about my favorite piece of writing in all of Star Wars is the short story Master and Apprentice by Claudia mm-hmm. Gray in the first from a certain point of view anthology. It's my favorite piece of writing. I love it so much. Um, in the list of people, in the list of people. Qui-Gon is reflecting on Obi-Wan and is thinking about all the people that Obi-Wan has lost that he loved and he lists Padme and that's really Mm -hmm. special because Mm -hmm. Obi-Wan cannot admit that he loves people but Qui-Gon knows that she was important to him and like 
that's why speaking of cutscenes from Revenge of the Sith, man, the scene where they they're talking and he like is like, I understand that this is important to you. And like their friendship is is something I want more of because mm-hmm. the the first of all, platonic relationships between men and women existing at all, very important. Um, shocking. Yeah. <laughs> but I would love to get a Padme mention in Kenobi. I would think there's so many places it can come up. Yeah. I would love for hi, Obi-Wan to Hi, you can stop switching the mic now. Um, <laughs> like if he's confronting Anakin or Vader and being like, what about Padme? Like he would bring her up. Like that makes mm-hmm. sense to me. That would be a special little treat. It would. It would be a little treat. I would want to just like cry in a ball and, yeah. and like the that Qui-Gon, Lego Qui-Gon um, meme where he's just like on the ground. That would be me with any mention of Padme ever. Um, again, I'm not holding out hope. Yeah. Um, I'm not expecting it. Um, truly actually going into Obi-Wan Kenobi and all of these projects, not expecting really anything, just expecting to have a great old Star Wars. I'm expecting yeah. to cry. What, what are I'm you expecting. most looking forward to Star Wars wise in the next year? I, um, <laughs> I've talked about this before. Any project that is hair he- that is headed by a woman. Yeah. So that is Obi-Wan Kenobi with Deborah Chow. That is Bad Batch season two, Jennifer Corbett, that's the acolyte with Leslie Headland. That's mm-hmm. um that's whatever episode Bryce Dallas Howard is in charge of <laughs> in Mandalorian. In season and three, yeah. I hopefully hope she gets her you own show. <laughs> gave me they're like, hey, what episode of Mandalorian season three, directed by Bryce Dallas Howard, would you want? I'm like, Bogotan backstory, entire episode of Bogotan. It's just about Bogotan's relationship <laughs> to Mandalore. And we get a whole backstory. She thinks about her sister, and we get actual sister relationship between her and Satine. And she thinks about her guilt. And we get like a whole hour of just Bogotan as a character <sighs> thinking about Mandalore. That would be a dream. Dream. An absolute dream. That's that's what I want. That's what so I want. Good. It just makes um, sense. So I, you know, have not thought as much about Padme ever. Um, and I'm so happy that I have because Yay. you're so right. Like there's so much there and it's so fun to getting, to get to like, see people, uh, talk about something they love and get that little window into their life and then sort of appreciate it the way that they appreciate it. So, mm-hmm. um, if you're not already a Camilla Stan, you should be because oh like, first of all, Camilla gives the best writing feedback I've ever had. Oh. Second of all, um, she herself is an incredible writer beings of the galaxy, the frame, anything with the frame narrative I'm sold. I love oh, it. So like this, so. like telling stories, ugh, telling stories inside a story, mm, chef's kiss. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, plug your pluggables. Um, tell people where they can find you because if they don't find you, I'll be mad. <laughs> well, you can find me uh, uh, two main places again on TikTok at Boricua Wiki um, where, yeah, some good Star Wars Padme um, hand flex content. Um, and then also beings of the galaxy's podcast uh where we podcast yeah. instagram beings of the galaxy pod um but yeah thanks oh my gosh i'm so happy like you invited me on to come chat about padme buster thanks for thanks just for staring up me. lovingly at me so it's kind of i'm a little bit he's just he's like, so cute he's like what are you doing? Hi, mom. <laughs> Hi, mom. um but yeah you're the best love star wars stan star wars english class i love learning yeah. um every time i listen to your episodes learning and- is fun um y'all the best you know stay in school mm-hmm. or else julia will come Absolutely. find you <laughs> yeah exactly um yeah go follow camilla um i will say uh we're gonna uh, fern and i will be back together again for obviously season two and then i would think that our next star wars book report episode will likely be <gasps> brotherhood um nice. by mike chen which is like the kind of like 
like uh, brother book, right? Like Queen's Hope is the mm-hmm. sisterhood. Then we get the brotherhood. Like these books are what, like they're connected fundamentally. And I love getting to see that um, connection. So that'll be the next book report episode we do. Um, and then season two coming out soon. But Kamala, thank you so much for being here and for talking about Padme and sharing your love. And um, in conclusion, Padme is Batman or Batman is Padme. Exactly. Exactly. That, yeah. Everybody read Bat's Hope. Make sure you read Bat's, Bat's Hope. Hope. Yeah. Bat's Hope coming <laughs> out uh, April 5th. But yes, uh, <laughs> book should be out either today, the day you're listening to this or uh, yesterday, but it should be out by the time you're listening to this. So savor it. I don't know. I never want to end episodes. <laughs> um, just, you know, my hands are yours, your highness, and we are brave. Yeah. That's good. <laughs>